0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. We will be there in just a moment. Before the uh, lesson this morning, I wanted just to mention, it was mentioned in our um, announcements about the the flood victims in Texas. Uh, I have some information on um, those who are in need uh, amongst the brethren. So if you have Uh, any need for that or would like to have some information, please see me after services and and give me your email address and I can forward you uh, the information I have. If you'd like to reach out and and see how you might be able to help financially or otherwise, please see me and I can give that to you. (coughs) Galatians chapter 1, as I mentioned, we'll be there in just a moment. There's a concept in Christianity that we mention a lot, but we don't always go into a lot of detail. That concept is redemption. Redemption is vital to a Christian. In fact, we wouldn't be Christians without redemption. It's central to God's plan of salvation. This morning I'd like for us to consider what it means to be redeemed. And I'd like for us to consider a very important question about redemption and that is can the redeemed soul be lost? We will talk about that in just a moment. Let's start by understanding and asking this question: how does one indeed become redeemed? Well, the definition of the word redeem means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. First Peter one, beginning verse eighteen says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things such as silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of the Lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20 says, You have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Understanding about redemption it's important to understand this, this buying back, this reclaiming, for a price, for a payment. We have been redeemed. We have been brought, bought back by the precious blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this, folks, is God's eternal plan. This is God's eternal plan to redeem man from his sins. So often in the book of Hebrews, we're told about the blood of bulls and goats and how it could never take away sin. Only this could be accomplished through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Only that precious blood could pay the price for man's sins. So then redemption is accomplished by submitting to the will of God and following his plan to be saved. Think of it like this. He's the one paying the bill. He's the one whose plan we ought to follow. He's the one who has bought us back for a price, and that price being the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This means hearing and understanding the plan that he has. And he does have a plan. It means that we need to believe in what we hear. We hear the words of the gospel telling us about Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. We have to believe that. And upon hearing and upon believing we must recognize that there needs to be a change in our life. There's an old man of sin, an old body of sin that we're walking around in. If we're not saved, that body needs to be put to death so that we We can walk in newness of life. Understanding that we need to make that change leads to the next step in God's plan of salvation, and that is confessing that indeed Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And upon doing this, upon hearing and believing and repenting and confessing, you're then ready to be baptized. You're a candidate for baptism. You go down in those waters washing away the sins. Putting to death that old man of sin. That old woman of sin. That old body of sin. It's at that point that you come in contact with the redeeming blood of the Lord. That's what baptism is about. Surrendering. Submitting to the will of God. Being buried in Baptism coming into contact with that precious blood that redeemed us from our sins. And indeed, you have been redeemed by God. When you submit to that plan, you have been bought back with a price. You've been redeemed by God. So once redeemed, can you still be lost? There are some out in the religious world that would say, no, no. There were some to say that once you are redeemed, once you are saved, there's nothing you can do to become unsaved. This is sometimes expressed as always, or once saved, always saved. This is a tenet of Calvinism that has infiltrated into a lot of religious teachings in the world. But scripture tells us that yes, indeed, the redeemed soul can be lost. Galatians 5 and verse 4 says, You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. And Hebrews 3 and verse 12 says, Take care, brethren, lest there be anyone among you with an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. Remember the audience in which these two epistles are written. These are believing Christians. And Paul, and the Hebrew writer, is telling them, indeed, you can be lost. You can fall from grace. You can fall away from the living God. One way that we can be lost is we can be lost in error. If you're there in Galatians 1, read with me, beginning in verse 6. Galatians 1, beginning in verse 6. Because I am amazed at how quickly you are deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which is received, let him be accursed. For I am now seeking, uh, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Paul is telling these Galatians that they don't need to be led astray. By men who are teaching a different gospel. By men who are teaching a gospel that is contrary to Christ. Peter says something similar over in 2 Peter. You turn with me there, 2 Peter 3. Verse 17. Scripture reading this morning came from this, this chapter earlier. Warning them about an impending judgment. Telling them that the day of the Lord is coming. The earth is going to be burned up. So how ought you to act in the meantime? Is the message here at the end of Peter's second lesson. In Second Peter 3 and verse 17 he says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest being carried away by the error of unprincipled men, you fall from your own steadfastness. There's a danger of falling away. And Peter is telling them all the more in the context of the coming judgment that you need to be steadfast and not fall away from that which you have been taught. Our souls can be lost if we turn from the truth. What's wonderful is what's said in the next verse. How do we prevent that? How do we prevent our saved Redeemed soul from being lost eternally. Look what it says in verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and in the day of eternity. Amen. The redeemed soul can be lost in error. Thankfully, thankfully, we have the knowledge of Jesus Christ preserve our souls to make sure that we're not lost make sure we're following after God's great plan and having that redeemed body live in righteousness another way that we can be lost is we can be lost in worldly pursuits you know this world is a complex place good and bad of that we have at our fingertips Access to all kinds of information. That's wonderful. When you're looking up scripture and wanting to read from a different version of the Bible, that's great. Having that knowledge at our fingertips, but it also cuts the other way, too. We have all these things in the world that can lead us away from our godly pursuits. There's endless opportunities out there to draw us away from following after the living God and following worldly pursuits. Solomon warns us of these kinds of dangers. He warns us about following after our worldly passions. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12 says, But beyond this, my son, be warned. The writing of many books is endless, and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. You have to be careful about those worldly pursuits. They're wearying to the body, they distract you from godly pursuits. Paul had similar advice to the young evangelist Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4 and verse 7, he says, But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. These things in the world don't need to supplant our pursuits of godliness to draw us away from the spiritual life that we need to be leading. Our redeemed souls are at risk of being lost, if we follow after these worldly things, we run the risk of being lost. Rather, we should focus on following after these spiritual things. Fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. So we can be lost in these things. But understand this about sin even for the redeemed soul sin separates us from god in isaiah 59 verse 2 it says but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your god and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear peter echoes this in his first epistle He's quoting from Psalm 34, in 1 Peter 3 and verse 12, he says, For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer, but the face of God is against those who do evil. Further proof that the redeemed soul can be lost lies in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. He tells them, in chapter 15 and verse 34, he says, Become sober-minded as you ought. And stop sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. I love what it says there, those three words. And stop sinning. Does it get any plainer than that? We are redeemed. When we are redeemed, we come into a relationship that God desires. We become the child, to God our Father. That's the relationship he wants. That's the relationship he's always wanted. He's always wanted this father and child relationship. So when we are redeemed, we come into that relationship. We become sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. But make no mistake that this relationship can be lost to sin, when we sin, we make that separation between us and him. We make that separation between us and him, not him, nor anything else in the world. I love the passage in Romans 8. Paul talks about this. Romans 8, beginning verse 37. But in all things we overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. Now he talks about the things that cannot separate us from God. I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God save for sin. Sin is that thing that separates us from the love of God. When we become redeemed, when we become a child of God, we're in that relationship. When we sin, we separate ourselves from God. He didn't do it. The things in this world can't do it. Only when we give in to those things of the world that we are separated from God. In our class this morning... Devin brought up the idea of how the New Testament is put together. The books we see there, we see the four Gospels, the accounts of our Lord's life written from four different perspectives. Then we have the book of Acts, which was also written by Luke. The book of Acts is a history book that tells us about the things that happened after Jesus ascended into heaven, starting there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, with the establishment of the church. And going through the history of the church, the gospel news going out, being spread to all parts of the world. And then after Acts, we have the letters. I mentioned that we, we, we get to read their mail. We get to read the mail that are going from Paul and from Peter and from James. To men and women scattered about. The men and women in certain locations. The gospels were written so that we might come to know Jesus. Jesus. They tell of his life. John 20 and verse 30 and 31 says, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That's why the Gospels are written. So that we might believe who Jesus Christ was. We're 2,000 years removed from that. But we can still pick up the Bible and read about the Savior of mankind. And that's what the Gospels tell us. Much of the rest of the New Testament, after the book of Acts, and even within the book of Acts, tells us and warns us about falling away from this simple teaching. 2 Peter Peter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of our Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. There's so much warning in in the letters, in the writings. There's lots of things in these letters. How to act as a Christian the things the church ought to be involved in the things the church ought not to be involved in there's also warning there's warning after warning after warning about falling away so we need to be aware of sin why because sin separates us from God if we're redeemed if we're in that relationship with God when he's our father and we're his children There's only one thing that separates us from that, and that is sin. So we need to make sure we're aware of sin. In Genesis 4 and verse 7, God tells Abel, Sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must be master over it. Sin is crouching at the door. It doesn't leave us alone. It doesn't go away for a season. Sin is crouching at the door. that sin separates us from God. Redemption is God's ultimate plan for mankind. To redeem man from his sins. And he has bought us back from sin. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember in our definition. Something that was very important there. That a payment has to be made for redemption. A buying back. And that's the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But even as a child of God. We can be lost in sin. So if you're not a child of God, you have not been redeemed. You have not been bought back for that price. You must follow God's will, as we discussed earlier, about hearing and believing, and repenting and confessing. And then you become a candidate for baptism. And upon being baptized, it is your duty then to continue living your life as God would have you to live it. Revelation 2 and verse 10 says, Be, be righteous, be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of righteousness. The crown of life. As a child of God, that's the life we need to live. Faithful life to God. Otherwise we can be lost in sin. If you are a child of God, and if you, if you have sinned, what does it mean? That you become separated from your God. But thanks be to God, that it doesn't mean that we are forever in that state. We're not forever lost. 1 John 1 and verse 9 tells us what we must do if we are a child of God and we have sinned. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If If, as a child of God, you've sinned, you have a way to be forgiven of those sins, and that is confessing them and be forgiven of them through our faithful Lord Jesus Christ. If you have need from this congregation, if you're not a child of God, you can be baptized. If you need to further study this. If you need to further understand what you have heard. I commend you to do that. To study. I'm happy to study with anyone here. Or if as a child of God you have indeed sinned and become separated from your God. You need to confess your sins. If it's of a public nature it needs to be confessed in a public way. If it's of a private nature you need to make that right with God. Confess your sins to him. He is righteous and just to forgive you. Whatever needs you might have that we can help you with, you can let that be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.